Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast, episode 59, titled A True Entrepreneur's Perspective. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. I'm your host, Attorney Kelly Bagley, the Queen of Business Law. You can interact with us on social media and do find us on the web at golegalyourself.com. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Bubin Mehta. He is the CEO and founder of Fusion Factor Corporation. Welcome to the show, Bubin. Thank you, Kelly. I'm very happy to be here. It's such a pleasure to finally get you on the show. Yes, it's been a while, but it's, uh, it's been a lot of time and work, but we got it together. Yes, absolutely. You, what don't you just share with everyone? You, you're just a very super busy man, right? No, no, no. Everybody <laughs> is busy, of course. But being the IT world, we have to, you know, with this pandemic going on, we have to be there for them. So that's been my biggest challenge this year. Oh, my God. I couldn't agree more, Bavin. Your work is literally cut out for you. Everyone that you know is working from home. Yes, that's correct. And so it's uh, instead of managing one network, we're managing 50 networks because everyone has disparate networks at home. So that's correct. Wow. Before we get into your journey and your perspective on business, can you share a joke with the audience? Uh, sure. Um, well, what uh, the joke that my daughter told me, I don't have any uh, too many jokes, but the daughter said that, um, what do you call a lawyer that has an IQ of 50? And the answer is Senator. <laughs> 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 so that's it. It's funny you should mention that on a previous show, I had mentioned that politics and lawyers, you know, politicians and lawyers can be thrown in the same bucket. Uh, which is a shame, but yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that joke with us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No thank your daughter for that too. How thank cute. You. How cute. So, Bavin, uh, you have been in business for 13, 14 years now? Yes, 14 years completing and 15th year in September. Well, congratulations. That's a huge you very much. milestone. Thank yes. you very much. So, tell us a little about yourself. Sure. So I'm an entrepreneur, which has started a journey with having zero employees. And now I've grown to about 25. And what we do is we specialize in helping small businesses be successful um, by having them focus on their work and their business. And we focus on their IT. So that's what we do. So you make every business owner's life easy. Yes, we try to. Of course, uh, computers are, you know, if they were all automated and they should work the way they're supposed to work, then they would not need an IT person. They would just be a start button and they would work. But unfortunately, there is a little bit more to that. So therefore, we need an IT person to help out. Well, I can attest to that because I don't have a technical bone in my body. <laughs> no, no, you're technical. <laughs> you're very technical savvy. But thank you so much for that compliment. Yes. So take us down that journey. I'm really excited actually to interview you, Bobby, because as an entrepreneur, you have probably seen the ups and downs, the, the pitfalls, the rights and wrongs over the span of nearly 15 years in business. What made you go into entrepreneurship? That's a great question. 
So I was working in the corporate environment and uh, working in a big corporate environment. I won't mention the name, uh, but uh, it was a large company with about 300,000 employees. And being in a company like that, I felt um, kind of um, contained with rules and I had so much creativity in mind. So I wanted to come, I wanted to do something for the world to change the world. I wanted to be, break the bounds of the nine to five type of program. I wanted to be very creative. And unfortunately, there was a feeling that I couldn't be more creative uh, when I wanted to be. Also, there are so many different things I wanted to offer smaller businesses, which enterprise businesses are getting, which you know, I'd like to bring over such as processes, standards, etc., and being able to make them successful. So entrepreneurship allowed me the avenue to get to that state. Bhavin, it seems like for a majority of entrepreneurs, their journey begins exactly how you described yours. For myself, I started working for one of the largest international law firms in the world. And all I was allowed to do was sit behind my desk and work and work and work. I never met a client. I never knew how to interact with clients, uh, ask for business. I didn't know any of that. The partners, obviously, of the firm did that. And when I went out on my own, I knew that there was a better service for clients than what the bigger law firms were offering. So I'm right there with you. And I'm sure half of the audience that is listening to your story is right there with you, too. So let's take that stroll down your entrepreneurial road. Okay, so when you first started out, what were some of the issues? Give us at least three issues or pain points that you had to overcome. Sure. Uh, the biggest pain point was just getting clients. That was the first pain point. Like, how do you, okay, I'm starting off. I have a business license now. How do I get a client and how do I build them and how do I do it without getting in trouble? Um, and how do I serve them without getting in trouble? Being in IT, one of the biggest areas is that I would stumble upon something and do it wrong and then be liable. So the second point was um, having the right contracts and having the right type of standards uh, around how we work. Um, that was a big thing. That was the second big thing. And the third one is uh, more like being in marketing, trying to get um, the website done and the basic business cards and the graphics and blah, blah, blah. All of the things that go along with setting up a business. But, but those are the three major things that I had to do. And it was a challenge for me to get through. So when you went out on your own, Bavin, nobody gave you a book and said, <laughs> here are the rights and wrongs of how to start a business? That's exactly what I was missing at the time. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, I met you and I now know that if I had to start it all over again, I would be the first thing that I would do is start by doing it the right way, by writing right process and following the book that you have. See, that's the other thing that entrepreneurs have in common too, Bobby. We're not given a, a book, right? We don't know sort of how do you exactly start a business uh, unless you do hours and hours and hours of research, but who's going to pay for that time? No one, because you don't have a job now, right? You are the job and right. you can only eat what you kill. Okay. Right. Plus, if you have a family to feed, you cannot invest hours and hours of non-productive work into figuring out what you need to do as a, as a business owner. Now, how did you initially start finding clients? So I actually became a, you can say, an engineer myself. So that was the best thing, which is I 
took myself out as a consultant and then I started learning how this small business industry worked because I was, um, you know, working with enterprise class clients, which were already, the clients were already there for the big company. I was just a IT person, but now I had to be the IT person and helping out smaller businesses. So therefore I became a consultant. And once I became the consultant, I learned what the needs were. Um, how can I package something which can be appealing for them from a price point perspective, but not break my back at the same time? And, um, and then bring engineers out to replace my shoes as I learned that. And, and that's how I developed my stage of becoming a bigger company, which is every time I, I had to do the process myself first and then move that forward. But the difference between you your company and the big conglomerates is that you're actually accessible, you're available. And the biggest, biggest advantage of hiring your company over the big companies is that you actually provide the service where it makes sense to small individuals, right? And you're, you're like I said, you're accessible. That's the most important part. Now, take me for example, Bobby. Like I said, I don't have a technical bone in my body, right? My emailing is my entire life. That's how I get my work done. If my email shuts down, I'm freaking out. So at that moment, I'm calling you. I'm calling help desk and I'm saying, I need help. And literally within the first 15 minutes, I always get a response back from your team, always. That is invaluable. People would pay big money for that. And that's the service that you provide. Thank you very much, Kelly. That is uh, what we try to do, which is one of the things response time is one of our key pillars in this company. So yes, thank you for that. Of Appreciate course. That. And let's talk about the liability, right? That IT companies, <laughs> yes. that IT companies literally face. So if anything goes wrong with the computer systems, right? The uh, internet, you name it, anything that helps run your business and IT wise, if any of that goes down or something goes wrong with it, the business owner, the clients, the very first people they're going to blame and point fingers are is at their IT people, right? That's right. Absolutely. They do. That's correct. So how do you, and, and not to mention that just the, the industry that you're in, it's quite litigious because again, like I said, my emailing is my entire life. If that goes down, I'm at a commission. So how do you Bobin, provide, how do you go above and beyond for your clients to make sure that your liability is actually limited? So the most important thing is that I, when we are a services organization, so we technically, for example, do not uh, make the software that runs your email system. We also do not uh, supervise the email system of the clients that may be emailing you. So there is a kind of an uncontrollable area where the email that goes into your mailbox is actually managed by a company called Microsoft, for example, which I don't have the access to their server to see if they're up or down because that's but you their are, product. But Bavin, you are a certified yes. uh, Microsoft well, what's the designation you hold? Um, Microsoft certified um, a company. There it's you just go. A, yes. yes, partner. Partner is the right word. Right. So you're absolutely right about that. So what we control is how it's configured and how you can access it. And we can only ensure you uptime as long as Microsoft decides to keep the lights on in their data center. 
So if Microsoft shuts down the data center, I'm just making this a very easy thing for us to understand, that if somebody flips the switch and the data center and their server goes down, fusion factor has uh, no you know, control over that. So unfortunately, I need the contracts in place to say, if there was something that I was uncontrollable, please don't be litigious on me because of the fact that I'm not able to control what Microsoft is doing at their end. That's fantastic. Without a contract, as a business owner, without a contract, you literally open yourself up to all kinds of risks and litigation, right? That's correct. The number one thing that can take down any business, big, small, you name it, is litigation. Yes. Because with litigation, yes, with litigation, Bobbing comes the costs of hiring attorneys, the costs of going to court and defending yourself. Plus, your reputation now is shot, right? That's right. So as far as um, contracts go, uh, they're very specific when it comes to IT services. If there is uh, another entrepreneur that's listening to the show and they do want to sort of go into the IT world, what would be maybe like, one important thing that you would advise them to at least put in their contract? I would say the uh, termination clause. That's a very important part. Okay. Talk to me about that one. (laughs) Sure. So technically everyone has a point when sometimes a relationship doesn't go as smooth as you want to. And the first thing people do is they look for, well, how do I um, terminate this company? And if it's very easy, then it makes it makes us entrepreneurs, uh, it makes it very difficult for us because we have engineers we have to pay on a monthly basis. So I think there should be an opportunity for us to fix the problem that we may have caused unintentionally if we did, of course. And so that is a very important factor, which is termination clause. Because your time costs money, <laughs> as, as does mine, attorneys. We charge for time, right? And if that time isn't accounted for, then you're literally... Uh, are not getting paid for that time. You're not getting paid for the services that you've done. So it's extremely crucial to make sure that upon termination, that whatever time you have put in is absolutely compensated for. Correct. Absolutely. That is a very one of the most important things in a contract. So hiring employees. It's very difficult in today's world. Employment law has changed so much over time Bavin, that the number one threat to any business usually comes from comes from internal and it's usually an employee well you know touch board you've got some fantastic employees i've actually had the pleasure of meeting some of them they're very loyal they've been with you for a while and that's a testimonial to the way you run your business right one of the reasons why employees might leave is they're not being recognized sometimes money isn't always everything i mean there's there have been polls done by uh, third parties where they're asking employees you know what's the most important thing for you right is it money is it time off and they more often than not they will say it's recognition So you allow uh, your employees actually to be recognized, to be involved in the company. How how did you um, implement that policy? So 
Um, as far as recognition is concerned, we manage everything by metrics. And so when we have work done, people, our, our engineers have to log their time and that time attributes to what the performance has been. And so we then take that performance and we then recognize them based on that. So that's where the recognition comes from. And of course, if, uh, most of these engineers like a closed ticket versus an open ticket. What that means is that the job is done and the customer is satisfied. So satisfaction is very important to them. Oh, fantastic. So there's accountabilities, right? In, yes. in every step, accountabilities. That's huge. Yes, accountability. That, that's yes, huge. So how did you get into IT? I know that when you were born and you were growing up, you know, some kids will always say, oh, I want to be you know, an astronaut or I want to be a doctor, right? Did you grow up saying, I want to go into IT? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a very good question. Very good question. And I'll make it really quick and succinct. Uh, so, of course, uh, <laughs> as, um, you know, from the Indian origin that I am from, um, a majority of these parents want them to have their kids go into the medical field. And uh, so I was slotted for that. And, uh, and being a doctor is what I was supposed to be become. But then what happened is there was a evolution when uh, a computer showed up one day at my house and I started tinkering with it and it became very, very interesting to me. And I started taking it apart, putting it together. And then my parents thought it was just for games and there is no career in computers. Please get back to the medical side. <laughs> and, and I said, really? There was no career? But actually at the time, there wasn't really a big career because nobody really knew about it. Nobody had courses or classes, etc. But I kept on going after it. And it happens to be that a company decided to roll out computers in their company, which was the first generation. And they said, hey, we need a guy who knows how to do that. And I said, I volunteered. So I jumped in and there I was um, doing that. So that was the first incident which brought me into being IT. Second incident was I worked for a bank. I was a teller as a, as when I was in high school. And uh, they said that I wasn't good at being a teller. And so then they moved me into the computer area. They said, well, you know, you seem like you like computers. So they moved me to a different department. <laughs> so that was another area which was actually allowing me to get into computers. So I started taking their computers at the bank and I started putting it apart. And then they said, you can't be doing that at the bank. You can't be taking the computers apart. So finally, I understood <laughs> that. I think that was my calling. <laughs> I, I love listening to how entrepreneurs get started, right? I, I really do. I have to share a little a story with you. One of my friends, uh, this is um, in college, as I'm going through college, I did my undergrad in business admin. And I had an, another friend that was going into um, computer engineering, right? And he actually had a, a part-time job. Um, I think it was at a, a, a college, a local uh, school. And he'd call me up and he's all, these people don't understand my potential. Well, what are you talking about? He goes, they think that all I do every day is retrieve passwords. I don't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is just, just people don't understand, right? Computer engineers, they, they really don't understand the, the magnitude, if you will, of the service that you can provide. Right. Right. So let's talk a little bit about um, the very first milestone that you accomplished in your business that actually shifted you from being a startup into the growth phase of your business. Sure. The first milestone was uh, having the first employee. That was oh, the biggest big. hurdle. That's big. Because yes. you are now 
you're doing the work, you're earning enough income to pay for your salary, but then now you decide that you want to grow and you do need time off, you do need a vacation, you can't be the person 24 by 7, 365 serving your clients, so you decide to hire that person and that person becomes an employee and that's the biggest hurdle. Whereas you have to be able to now take yourself out, pay them the salary that they deserve, but then employment contracts and how then all the, everything with the legal things come in the picture, the human resources picture. Oh my gosh, you mean I do have to give a break and it's legal and, it's, uh, and I have to give a lunch and I have to record their time and there is such thing as overtime after eight hours? Oh my God, I can't make them work 24 hours. So all these things I did not know because as a, an entrepreneur, as a consultant myself, I did it by myself and I didn't cr when I crossed the eight hours, I was still working you know and so that was another area which is understanding that and then having the right kind of paperwork for the employee to know what they can and can't do i'm so glad you brought that point up above uh, so glad because again entrepreneurs business owners they get themselves into a lot of trouble right not knowing how to treat an employee now lately which is really big here in the us is the the classification and, and the distinction between an employee and an independent contractor right and it's so easy especially in the it world bobbing to hire independent contractors if you for example say you wanted to expand to new york you want to start your your business over there well maybe you're starting up small and you just need someone local there prior to the 2018 law People were able to do that. Business owners were able to hire independent contractors to do exactly what they do in a different part of the world, in a different part of the state. But you can't do that after that law was passed, right? So yes, you're absolutely right. As a business owner, you do have to make sure you've got your legal ducks in a row as far as hiring employees. And yes, it's, it's really exciting because now you're making enough money to hire your first employee. But along with that comes all of the legal checklists that you have to go down and make sure that you've covered. Right. Absolutely. Yes. I, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, that's where I need your help. And thank you for being there. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, can you give some advice to a business owner that is... Um, Two phases, a business owner that wants to start out, what would be the number one advice you would give them? Number one would be to get their handbook in place. So that's the most important thing. I think that's the one thing that I didn't do until later on in my business after issues came up. And issues as in just, you know, questions, you can say, not really right. issues, but right. just questions. But it was, uh, it's better to be straight um, up with the handbook to say, this is the way my business operates. You sign it and you acknowledge it so we can move on. This is how the vacation policy is and this is how, et cetera, or when this is when you're going to get paid or whatever it may be. So that's the first advice I would give. The second advice would be to prepare, um, making sure that you're, you're incorporated properly. So talk to an attorney to make sure you're properly situated, your S corp, C corp, your partnership, whatever it may be. I'm not the expert here, but you know, the point is I get that straight in the beginning, yes. you know, and I'm sure you can share a lot of uh, info on that. And then finally, uh, trying to put your, you know, when you touch someone else's computer for entrepreneur, I mean, in other different businesses, it may be different. But when I touch someone else's computer, I am liable. Once I touch the A key on their computer and their computer blows up, then I am liable. And now how do I protect myself? So I need a services agreement drawn up to say, this is 
the way we work. And if the A key blowed up your, made your computer blow up, then I did not have anything to do with that because the A key just was loaded. Then it doesn't mean that I'm at fault for replacing your entire computer. And that's where your contract comes in. Yes, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Protecting yourself from liabilities. It's, it's huge, Bobby. What about if a company that is growing? Yes, you said make sure you put your employee documents in a row, right? So let's talk about marketing. Your field is quite saturated, would you say? Yes, it is very saturated. And how do you, as a business owner, what would your advice be to someone that um, is looking to grow their business with more clients? What, what is something that you have done that's worked for you? Number one is being there on social media uh, and the web. That is the most important thing. I think you have to be available, not only physically by phone, but available through the computer system or the internet and being there accessible. So if somebody's typing in IT support, Carlsbad, there, you should be number one. And if you're not, then you're doing something wrong, number one, because you haven't done your SEO correctly, search engine optimization. Um, also, there is such thing as Google AdWords, which allows you to be able to pop the ad up as well earlier. Um, that's another area. Have, working with the website, making sure that you have a prominent website, making sure you have testimonials on your website. That's another area. Making sure that you have a, your business location in a central area where you can actually commute to your clients so you are accessible in a timely fashion. Those are the other areas that I would go into. If you are um, looking at it from a computer operations perspective, you want to make sure you have the right tool sets available to protect your company and the client's computers, like antiviruses and all those things that go along. I have a laundry list of things, but as a general business, I think I would say this is what we can start with. That's just fantastic information, Bobby. But you're missing one aspect too. So I do believe you have a book, which is available yeah. on your website. Yes, I yes. do. That's right. So you have, you're, you're an expert in your field. Thank you very much for that. Yes, I try to be, but of course, there's uh, things are changing every day and staying on top of that is a, is a challenge always. Yes, of course, of course. But how can people get a hold of you, Bobby? Because I know after they listen to this, they are going to want to a reliable, trustworthy IT partner, if you will, on their team. Your information will be part of our show notes as well, but how can they get in contact with you? Uh, very easy. Just dial 760-940-4200. That is my phone number. Or look us up on fusionfactor.com. That's F-U-S-I-O-N-F-A-C-T-O-R.com. That's fantastic. If you had to do it all over again, what would that number one thing be that you would do differently? Um, I would say the contract would be the first biggest thing that I would do. I would get them done first because if I had a solid set of contracts, then a lot of things that I went through over a few years would have been easy for me, just move on. And I think understanding the legal um, legality of how you can operate and what you can and what you can do and what your rights are and what you don't have rights to, et cetera, learning that, getting together with a, a great attorney like yourself or someone else or whoever they prefer, but mainly yourself because you've been great and you've been really helpful. And I would really encourage that people work with you. You're very easy and accessible. And to be able to get that together, the paperwork together, and then start off on the right foot, then you are, there's nothing that can 
stop you from getting to the summit that you've decided to get to. I completely agree with you. I do. And you're actually also a, uh, a speaker, aren't you? You've held classes at the local uh, chamber of commerce yes. also. That's correct. We do the cybersecurity classes at the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce um, on an annual basis. And we also teach uh, on basic etiquettes of IT uh, prevention of security, um, you know, preventing hackers, et cetera, because that's one of the areas that is growing and how to protect clients' data is one of our expertise. And then if there are any upcoming uh, classes that you might be holding, do you post those on your website? That's correct. We have an events page on our website, fusionvector.com events, and that's where we post them. And uh, you can always get a hold of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. They are actually always having them on their website as well. That's fantastic. I can't thank you enough for being on the show, Bobby. Thank you very much, Kelly, for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And audience, please feel free to leave us some feedback. Tell us how you felt uh, about the, um, the interview with Bobbin. If you'd like to reach out to Bobbin, just download our app from your app stores. You'll have all of his information on our show notes. And remember, the, the app is absolutely free. Just search for Go Legal Yourself. And also remember, if you want to be successful, make today the day you go legal yourself. I am attorney Kelly Bagler, the queen of business law. It's been a pleasure being your host today. Until next time, cheers to your success.